In today's Meth Girl podcast, we've reviewed the use of apomorphine as an emetic for treating gastric foreign body ingestions. In full disclosure, Vet Girl loves to puke stuff, so keep that in mind. Apomorphine, a commonly used emetic agent in dogs, is generally a very safe, effective emetic, greater than 90%, used for the poison patient. By the way, we don't use it much in cats because our feline friends have fewer dopaminergic receptors in the area of the brain responsible for apomorphine's ability to induce nausea and vomiting. For kitties, we prefer to use alpha-adrenergic drugs such as dexmedetomidine, but that's another podcast. Apomorphine comes in different formulations that can be administered by intravenous, transconjunctival, intramuscular, or subcutaneous routes. But can we use it for gastric foreign bodies? So Kirchhofer and all wanted to evaluate this in a study entitled Efficiency of Intravenous Administration of Apomorphine for Removal of Gastric Foreign Material in Dogs, 495 Cases, 2010 to 2015. This study was performed at a private 24-hour emergency and referral center where authors reviewed medical records of confirmed canine gastric foreign bodies that received injectable apomorphine as part of their treatment plan. This study focused solely on the use of injectable apomorphine versus transconjunctival, etc. Cases were included with either radiographic evidence of foreign gastric material or with an owner's observation of the witness ingestion. Toxins and toxic material ingestions were excluded from this study. Patients were all administered intravenous apomorphine at a pretty standard dose of 0.03 mg per kg IV plus or minus 0.1 mg per kg. If the dog vomited up foreign material or stomach contents, including liquid or foam, then the apomorphine was considered, quote, successful, end quote, at inducing emesis. It was only considered a successful treatment for gastric foreign body ingestion when all parts of the object or objects were produced on vomition or when the remaining pieces of gastric foreign material were deemed small enough to pass through the gastrointestinal tract without causing harm as seen on post-emesis radiographs. So, for example, if a sock was ingested and a sock came up, this was classified as successful treatment. And if a chewed pill bottle came up, as only segments of the bottle, but post-procedural radiographs showed the remaining pieces were likely small enough to pass without harm, then this was also considered a successful treatment. I'm sure most of us can name at least two or three breeds of dogs that we most commonly seen for foreign body ingestion. Of course, in this study, the most commonly represented purebred with foreign body ingestions was none other than the Labrador Retriever. Golden Doodles were classified in the mixed breed category and also represented a large population. Other commonly implicated breeds included Golden Retrievers, Boxers, American Bulldogs, German Shepherds, and Shih Tzus. For dogs that successfully vomited up their ingested trophy, none of them required any further interventions such as removal of small bits that traveled down the gastrointestinal tract. Only those that failed to vomit or that vomited gastric fluid or foam with no foreign materials underwent further interventions such as endoscopic retrieval or exploratory surgery. Clinically, we know that the first dose of apomorphine doesn't always work. Sometimes it takes two doses and a chaser of hydrogen peroxide. Well, in this study, it was assuring to read that only 4.4% of cases failed to vomit from one or more apomorphine injections. And the majority of cases, 96.6%, successfully vomited after just one apomorphine injection. For those that failed to vomit after the first dose of apomorphine, which ranged from a dose of 0.03 to 0.06 mg per kg IV, they were given a second dose of apomorphine. Again, the top-up doses ranged from 0.03 to 0.06 mg per kg IV. 
The majority of doses administered were the typical 0.03 mg per kg dose, with only one dog receiving a 0.04 mg per kg dose and one dog receiving a 0.06 mg per kg dose. When separating out the group of 20 dogs that failed to respond to the first injection of apomorphine, 11 dogs were ultimately successful in producing the gastric foreign body on the second go-around. In the remaining 9 dogs, 4 of them vomited on the second dose of apomorphine but did not produce a foreign material, and 5 didn't vomit at all. This study found no correlation with successive apomorphine and the dog's sex, neuter status, or body weight. But it's interesting to note that older dogs seem to have a harder time reaching emesis from apomorphine. None of the dogs in this study had received medications like opioids, sedatives, or antiemetics prior to their apomorphine injections. Unfortunately, the authors did not make it clear whether the 15 dogs that had received prior medications were included in their analysis of the 20 dogs that did not vomit after the first dose of apomorphine, leaving open the possibility that these 20 dogs were influenced by prior medications. Regardless, this study did find that these premedications significantly dampened the success of apomorphine at inducing emesis in these dogs despite additional top-up doses of apomorphine. It's safe to say that premedications with sedatives, opioids, and antiemetics should be avoided if you have an inclination that you may need to make your patient vomit. In other words, yes, meropotent is so potent it prevents vomition from foreign bodies. So before referring me a case for a gastric foreign body, please do not give it any meropotent. Not surprisingly, timing of emesis had a significant impact on successful treatment of gastric foreign body ingestion. Dogs treated with apomorphine within one to two hours following ingestion were significantly more successful than when treatment was delayed until two to five hours following ingestion. This information just reaffirms that emesis induction needs to happen fast if it's going to happen at all. Also of note is that the type of ingested material also seemed to influence the success of apomorphine in treating gastric foreign body ingestions. Leather-based items, bathroom waste materials, and fabrics were met with more success than other categories including balls, foam, hard materials, stuffed toys, and rope, with the least success of all being met with rocks and metal objects. This information is helpful for us when talking to clients about how successful we think emesis will be at treating what their pet ingested. We can prepare clients better that if rocks were ingested, we can try emesis induction, but we should be preparing the client for the possible need for more invasive treatments such as endoscopy or surgery. In Veckerl's opinion, chronic foreign bodies such as golf balls and coins also don't seem to come up with emesis induction. Most of the dogs that failed to achieve successful emesis of their foreign body went on to endoscopic retrieval and exploratory laparotomy and were met with successful removal. Of the 49 dogs that went home without treatment interventions, follow-up information was only available for 27 of them. Thankfully, no other intervention was needed for those guys, but I wonder what happened to the other 22. So, what about post-emesis? Do you commonly give an anti-nausea medication after apomorphine has run its course? We worry about continued vomiting after apomorphine as it can cause an additional complication of aspiration pneumonia. I do commonly give meropotent to my patients to stop their vomiting or to at least alleviate their nausea after apomorphine has run its course. Surprisingly, only 20% of dogs in the study were documented to have received medications to counter the apomorphine. Medications given post-emesis in this study included meropotent in 64 dogs, dilazotron in 16 dogs, ondansetron in 16 dogs, and naloxone in 3 dogs. 
A neat fact that wasn't really emphasized in the study is that of the 390 dogs where follow-up post-ER visits were available, only one dog had signs of aspiration pneumonia, but it was deemed that this aspiration pneumonia was documented on radiographs prior to administration of apomorphine and was likely secondary to the owner orally administering vinegar at home to attempt emesis induction. Really? Vinegar? So what can we take away from this Vectoral podcast? Intravenous apomorphine at standard doses for one to two doses carries a 75.6% overall success rate in completely treating gastric foreign body ingestions without the need for more invasive interventions. Injectable apomorphine is an effective first-line treatment for gastric foreign bodies of a non-toxic nature, but we should advise clients that the type of material ingested, the patient's age, and other medications already on board can all lessen the effectiveness of apomorphine at inducing emesis. A future study comparing conjunctival administration of apomorphine to injectable apomorphine may be of clinical use to our ER hospitals to help guide what we stock, as both have favorable success rates. We should always be encouraging early treatment to our pet owners and urge them to safely drive to a facility, if possible, within the one to two hour window following ingestion for the best chance of successful treatment with the least invasive method. But it still may be worth attempting emesis beyond this time frame. We can advise pet owners that the subjective risk for aspiration pneumonia when treated in the safety of an ER hospital is low, but still a possibility. I'd warn them more, especially if it was a brachiocephalic breed like an English bulldog. We should try to avoid pre-medicating our patients with any sedatives, opioids, or anti-nausea medications if we feel there could be a need for emesis induction in their near future. And lastly, if you have a puppy or young dog with gastric foreign body, you can advise owners that these guys have an overall better success rate with this type of treatment for gastric foreign body removal than older canines. Oh, and make sure you advise your pet owner not to give any vinegar, grease, milk, butter, charcoal from the barbecue grill, etc. When in doubt, contact the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center for life-saving advice. 